Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the True Story FM Entertainment Podcast Network. And I'm Pete Wright, and airbags? We don't need airbags. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 103, which begins with the Valkyrie taking shots at Cap's drop plane and ends with some fisticuffs between Cap and Skull. Back on the show, it's Ryan Bennett. Hello again, Ryan. Hello, I'm ready for the fighting to continue. Again, I don't know what that yes. says about me, but I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, it says a lot. <laughs> Everybody listening should know that you had this much glee about fighting when we weren't recording. Like, this is not Ryan's show. This is yeah, deep yeah, I, core identity stuff. Get yeah, any of you are like, what is, what is happening right yeah. now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very into this. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. It is so funny. Uh, so, so the minute starts with Steve. He's still in the drop lane or the flagger parasite, as they're called, and he's piloting it around he's avoiding the shots from the tesseract blasters that are on the top of the valkyrie and he comes around the backside of it and and basically decides you know what i'm just going to crash my way in as he's flying right up to the valkyrie there's two things here one do you think that red skull intentionally designed the struts between the jets where steve is is going to crash the plane into to look like his face because it looks like (laughs) skull eyes and a skull nose it totally does. If you look at second nine of this minute, it looks oh like Skull's gosh. face right there. I, I'm scrubbing back. Oh my gosh, it's all I can see now. Yeah. It's like he's oh, peeking no. out. Oh my god, it's so perfect. And and number two, and this is something we haven't talked about at all, but it certainly makes sense to talk about now because uh, it's just Captain America and Red Skull left here in the Valkyrie. Neither the, all the pilots had suits on, so presumably they could breathe up here at whatever this altitude they're at. But Steve and Ka- and, and Steve and uh, Red Skull, neither of them like have anything to breathe with, and uh, you know he's flying into the back of the plane that is just struts. It's not like there's no nothing sealing it, and right. so that means that this whole thing is like you know there's it's it's not pressurized for for people to be you know walking around and breathing is this just because they're super soldiers that they don't need all the oxygen to breathe up here hell yes it is they have super lungs <laughs> okay so <laughs> so their super lungs just just breathe in deeper and suck extra oxygen yeah. in is that they're what you're much saying? more efficient okay. you might call them the hybrid cars of soldiers they process <laughs> good callback no? Okay. They process their oxygen, limited oxygen, more efficiently than the rest of us do. And so they're able to to exist in almost outer space with no air. I'm just still on. This literally looks like his face. This guy just... <laughs> he, it literally looks, I just, he's the worst. He, he literally... Everything has got to be about him and what his impression is and what he's going to make. It literally looks like his face. At the back of his, I've right. never noticed that. How many times I've watched this film and I've never noticed that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can I almost it's... imagine him like standing next to the designer as they're kind of architecting it and looking at the it's back like, and Red yes. Skull saying, look, look at me. Look at, look at my face. More of that. <laughs> you know, you see my eyes in that because if you don't, I want to see you see my eyes in that plane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Guys, the worst. That's all I gather from that. That's all I have to add. He is the worst. It is so funny. It is just so funny. 
you know, I mean, I, I think the plan for Steve makes sense. You know, he, he's got this little thing. He's just like, well, I it, it came out of there. I'm just going to put it right back into mm-hmm. the thing. And, and he flies it into it. It works for me. His shield, again, conveniently is still there. So he's able to kind of get himself armed. And he has no pilots left. It's just the two of them. And this is really where we've been going for this this entire uh, movie, you know, sequence. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, really. But since since this since this final battle started when the allies invaded the uh, the hydra headquarters we've been building to this moment where we've slowly been whittling away we got rid of the uh, howling commandos we got rid of colonel phillips and agent carter we've now gotten rid of all the pilots and all of the other hydra people it's now come down to our protagonist and our antagonist and they are the only two souls left on this plane and uh and yeah so this is this is kind of the start of the final confrontation between these two and so it's it's right here he gets his shield he is ready to go and he he kind of sneaks into the cockpit and and kind of pokes around looking for red skull um how does it play do you like the way that it kind of like he sneaks in does it feel like a logical tactical move for him what do, what do you two think uh, it's yeah it's it's I, uh, I don't know if it's tactical <laughs> it's just unnerving it's just where i'm just on the edge of my seat He's going to get hit. I'm just like, he's going to get hit. There's no way Red Skull doesn't see this insurance because it's so wide. There's nothing really around for him to hide himself. At this point, so many of his minions, robots are gone. So it's just like he has to have some assumption that somebody else is here on this plane disrupting his plan. So I was just on the edge of my seat. I don't know if it was tactical, but it's it's I mean, he doesn't he's a barrier because he's Captain America. So he's not going to easily punch through him. But it, it just had me on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, which direction is he coming from? I was like, I can't remember. Is it going to be on the left? Is it going to be on the right? He's going to have the shield. So, yeah. So, there's, there's, I have two thoughts. First, it's kind of a Scooby-Doo entrance, right? Like, the way Cap crosses the room, you can kind of imagine, like, Scooby and Shaggy following right behind him in the same exact move, like, tiptoeing <laughs> across the grate. Like, I think that's very funny, and it probably shouldn't be as funny as I find it. But second, like, <laughs> the place is pretty wide open, right? So Cap moves toward the chair, right? And we as the audience can see, I think, pretty clearly that there's nobody in the chair, right? The chair is empty. It kind of comes. So why does Cap, once they make that cut to the chair from Cap's POV, why does he continue moving in that direction? Why doesn't he stop and think maybe he's somewhere else? And then, so I guess I have three thoughts. He turns around. And it turns out Red Skull was like standing back right by the door the whole time. Like, why didn't Cap see him when he walked past him the first time? Red Skull was being that sneaky and like trying not to move. Was he playing sardines? Like, maybe he'll come and join me and no one, none of the pilots will find me. I, I just find all of that like a little bit minute by minute kind of crazy. I did. I don't think about it when I'm just watching the movie, but. Watching a minute at a time. It's the Scooby-Doo minute. <laughs> well, there's definitely enough in here. Like, there are struts all over the place. It's not designed for comfort. It's designed so you see all of, you know, it's it's like modern architecture where yeah. why put in a ceiling when, when it's more fun to look at the, at the you know, the beams and all the wires. Well, the yeah, bonus, it's also know? kind it's, of a cathedral, right? Like, it is definitely yeah, I mean, a shrine for him. Oh, absolutely. With a throne. I mean, yeah. that's essentially kind of what the the whole uh, pilot seat looks like it's it very it feels very throne like i did also want to point out though clearly 
it is designed for three people because if you look, there are seats on either side, much lower. Yeah. You know, but still, there are two seats on either side for, you know, co-pilots, I guess. I guess it was just such a rush that he didn't bring them along. <laughs> None of the buttons on those do anything. They're just like play school. <laughs> Plastic. I love that. Honk, honk. I love that. Yeah, right, right. But I, but to your point though, I do think there probably is plenty of places for him to hide in here. Like I, I, like that's not something that I've ever worried about. Like how did Cap not see him? Because I feel like you know this is such a ridiculously large uh, cockpit that it could be anywhere back in the shadows. Okay, so. I'll give you that. I absolutely will give you that. Except that Cap has super seeing and super smelling. Yeah, as we've discussed, and super hearing. And super hearing. So I think that he should have. He should yeah. have had some clue. But I, I think the Red Skull is also super, so he could be super. He could, super he could sneaky. Say, I, I super sneaky, and I can say I'm going to hold back my odor so that that Cap can't smell me. He has super odor control. That is disgusting and awesome. Thank you for that. I I just want to say, in all seriousness, in regard to the presentation of the scene and building intensity for the for these two guys, I think being able to show. That Red Skull is somewhere in here. I I, I think it, it, there is more value in knowing, in the audience knowing that Red Skull knows where Cap is, brings greater intensity than the Scooby Doo tiptoe toward the chair that we know is empty. I I think this this whole conceit in this sixty second frame could have been more intense than it is, and to me, it ends up being just kind of funny. Well, it is when you see Captain America tiptoeing across the the grates. Yeah. And when and then Red Skull comes out and then when Cap says zoinks, like it feels like they really were going for something that they didn't intend. <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, you know, Pete, one thing that I, I knew that you would be thrilled to actually have back here, though, is the lens flare, because now that we have mm-hmm. the Tesseract, the, the cube console right there, we're getting the blue Tesseract lens flare shooting across the oh, screen. God, again. There's so much of it. It's just like it literally lens flare is oozing out of the bottom of that device. And it's it's so stupid and sexy. Ryan, what do you think of the way that the, the Tesseract works? Like, do you like the blue glow and the, and the way that the lens flares with it and everything? Does it seem, you know, does it provide enough otherworldly feel to it? Right. If, I feel like if you're not a super soldier, you definitely need like some like badass sunglasses, right? Like every time it goes off, cause it <laughs> lights up, it lights up everything. But I, I love the way it's shot because it, to me, it doesn't look like such a cheesy effect. But it also like you have to give him something to kind of combat this vibranium shield that now the cap has back. So I just like them both playing off each other because they're both just too, they're just too super for the scene. So it's a lot of like glare. <laughs> it's a lot of like you can't contain them in this one, you know, like a huge coliseum at the end. You can't contain this power. So, you know, you have yeah. to have the lens flare and the and the beams going off everywhere. I love that. They're just too super. They're too yeah, super they're too for super. this cathedral. <laughs> I, is it interesting, though? So we get the scene. They the You know, we get the big reveal. Red Skull actually has a pew-pew gun, and he fires. They have an exchange that is, so you don't give up, do you? And Cap's response is no. In a movie that is full of quips, this it's seems to be the nope. No, nope. it seems to, to be the most like boring exchange between these <laughs> beings who are we've acknowledged too super for this space that uh, it is written really subdued. I, I don't know why we don't get a super fingers could do this all day kind of a thing. Like, I, I, I feel like we need a we need something. But then 
Red Skull has no problem shooting in such a way that just blows holes in his massive ship. Like, he has no problem with that. Like, he pulls the trigger and now there's wind everywhere. Like, he just blew a hole in the thing that he's been creating. Further evidence that the two of them have super lungs (laughs) and are able to pull extra (laughs) oxygen out of the air. That's right. They're very efficient. Yeah. Hybrids. Yeah. And he's like a little kid, if you think about it. He's like a little, like, he's he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to destroy everything until I get you. It doesn't matter. I don't care about it. I might can't breathe over here. Maybe this just messes up the test. Work. I don't care. I'm going to shoot you because you're coming after me. Yeah. You know, he's like a little kid squabbling, like, that's in a corner. Like, you know, it doesn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> it, it is very strange, his, his motivations. Um, Ryan, in case you hadn't heard, this gun that he's using is called the Arnimulation 99L assault weapon. Wow, uh, I'm glad course, you had to say that and not me. Arnim Zola. Yeah. But it sounds very cool. It sounds very cool. <laughs> it just it, it cracks me up. Um, yeah, so this, conveniently, he's using this gun to shoot at Steve. He also still has his Hydra pistol on his hip. Uh, so, you know, maybe that will come into play at some point. At this point, though, he's just blasting Steve with this and uh and you know steve is smart enough to raise his shield because as we have seen his shield the vibranium apparently is enough to stop the tesseract blasts and so and also it speaks to the fact that red skull never aims at his legs he always aims right at his chest i'm not exactly sure why he hasn't caught on to that yet but that's kind of the thing about all yeah movies where characters have shields they yes. somehow the shield is the target they're mods to flames shoot shoot the legs maybe it ties into the magnetic elements that we've talked about before and maybe it's magnetically actually drawing the blasts to it so oh. maybe he is aiming for the legs i'm so glad you're here <laughs> totally somebody's got to figure this damn movie out <laughs> oh, you just solved it you fixed it <laughs> All right. So here's another question. And this goes back to um, our conversations that we've had about Steve and, uh, you know, the levels of violence that he commits over the course of the film, especially here once he gets to the plane. So he runs at Red Skull and uh, he knocks the the animulation uh, gun out of Skull's hands with his shield. He punches Skull in the gut. And then he swings at Skull's neck with the edge of his shield, which is only not hitting him because Skull does a little matrix move and like leans backwards to avoid it hitting him. But if you look at his neck in like second 57 of this and where he's standing and you look at the shield when it comes through in like, you know, a few frames later in second 57, that would have gone through his neck had he not moved. So. I ask you this, is Steve trying to actually just decapitate Red Skull right here? I don't know if you knew this, but like uh, in one of the like really deep cut issues of the comics, I think what what we learn is the Howling Commandos have kind of a thing where they <laughs> always bring back the head of one of their victims. So this is Jeez. this is part of the culture. Don't, isn't that right? They always bring back the head. <laughs> so gross. Also, it's not true. <laughs> Uh, you had me going. Different. That was very convincing. I was like, oh, well, maybe I, I guess he does want to bring back the head. I mean, he lose a trophy or something. I don't, I was very convinced, but I mean, I, we know I love the fighting. So I personally went away for his head because I'm tired of, at this point, of trying to chase this guy around and he's like blowing up everybody. But 
Cap, I mean, you know, Cap is a little bit, he's supposed to be a little bit more, you know, I guess calmer in certain situations. Maybe that's just the way the, the sword went, the sword took him, because he's still kind of getting used to the, you know, the feel of it. It's very light. So it's like, maybe it just kind of went that direction. Maybe that's not what he's actually trying to do. I like the idea of it, yeah. But yeah. I would have. I would have just took him off, yeah. I well, like, of course yeah. you would have. We've learned enough from you over the last right. couple of episodes. <laughs> you know I mean? We know exactly where you live. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's really funny that, uh, he is so, so violent and ready to behead his enemy right here. Yeah. I think it says a lot. I think it says but, a lot. But I mean, does it, how much does it really say that we haven't learned after Red Mist Minute, right? Like, yeah. And it also speaks to the fact that, you know, we've seen Steve use moves like this, uh, in the past. So I guess it speaks to the fact that, you know, we haven't really been catching on to just how much, um, aggression and violence Steve really has in him that he's wanting to take out on these troopers. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Netflix has a follow-up to Dahmer, and it's just called Rogers. Oh, <laughs> It took a second, but you guys all got there. Uh, Steve's a, a murderous villain, is what I'm saying. That's the... Okay. Everybody's caught up. Well, they're both breathing fine in this cockpit with uh, the wind flowing through it. Uh, and also... Uh, you know, maybe they're not high enough, but isn't there a thing with like the suction? Do you have to be even higher than this before oh, the, yeah, like, they might the be air starts sucked out of the mm-hmm. room? Yeah, isn't that a thing, or is that only a? Again, I, we don't know the altitude, but still, um, I feel like I see that in even airplane movies where people get sucked out the windows because the because it's pressure. depressurized. But yeah. well, maybe the that's thing. the pressure thing. There's no pressure. There's no here. pressure problem because everybody yeah. has like doors are opening and closed. Like he just opened the door. Right. Yeah. So I, I think okay, it's so not that's it. like it's not a pressurized thing. Everybody is yeah, super yeah. or suited or in suits. Yeah. Super or suited. Super or right. suits. Yeah. Right, right. Normal people parachute. Yes. These guys, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting question. If Steve had fallen, would he have landed? Okay. I mean, when he's he's done it before, or he'll he'll do it later. I guess I should say, in context of chronological with the movies. But then he lands in water. But, it, I, but he's not this high. Well, and he's also not this high. Yeah, I, it, I guess it takes him I, years to heal, though. I mean, I guess it works, but he just can't pop back up. I guess yeah. like he's not. It would be a Superman moment. Yeah, I'd like to think that if he did fall and if he did have his shield, he would land on it like a a surfboard on the mountain slopes and Ooh. actually like James Bond his way down. I don't want to, cool. like, take anything away from you, but we do already have that again in our favorite callback, the Indiana Jones franchise, where he, in short round, <laughs> land in the boat and slid down. Like, that would have been Steve. <laughs> uh, so basically what we're learning from this is Joe Johnson really just wanted to remake the Indiana Jones films. <laughs> I can't believe it took us to minute 103 to say that complete sentence out loud. Except for you had to have Chris Evans in tights. I mean, that's yeah. why I was watching. I don't know about you guys. Like, that, I'm just saying. Oh, of course. Of course, that has to be there. Outstanding. <laughs> what do you think of Red Skull, uh, Ryan? Do you like the portrayal of Red Skull in the film and how he looks? I don't like the way he looks is very scary. I don't know how people are just like, as soon as I would have saw him take the face off, I would have been I, the doctor. I don't know why he's still with him. I would have just been like, yeah, just, just go ahead and do what you're going to do with me because I'm done. I mean, do, do like it's red. The nose is caved in. Like you obviously have no concern just for your body at all. You're just, it's just the energy and the, and the mission is all you care about. Obviously you're not concerned. So why am I hanging out with you? It's just my thing about Red Skull. I'm, why am I there? Cause you obviously don't care. 
So I'm just, you know, so I don't even understand why they're hanging around. But that's just that's just my two cents. You know, I mean, I was trying to take him out before. So you already know how I feel about his, about, you know, him in general. Yeah. How did this guy build such a following? Like, you got to wonder how many people are looking at it like, oh, look at that skull. I'd like to get me some of that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, let me rip off my skin. What? Yeah. Why are they? Yeah. I don't. It's it's crazy. It's insane. Like his dedication to the mission, I guess, is admirable and crazy at the same time. Well, here's a weird question that obviously we'll never know the answer to. But is it like muscle? Is it like his skin turned Ooh. red and like and pulled close to his muscle and like it's just wrapped tight tightly around his skull? Because it's not like his actual skull. Like I mean, right. But still, like, I don't like, can he get cut? Like, if he gets, like, we never see, like, Steve give him a punch and now he's got a bleeding lip on top of also having this creepy red face. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, I, I don't know if I fully understand, like, what the, what the actual, and I know it's a comic book character. So it's like impossible to really lay out the, the uh, physiological inner workings of Red Skull's face. But like, really, what is going on there? Well, it's such an interesting choice. Like the conflict, the the structural conflict that it creates is really fascinating because you're right. Like 90% of the skull looks just like the flesh and tissue was taken away. The skin was stained and pulled very tight to his body. And yet the nose is counterintuitive to that because all the the like it, the nose looks like the skull looks underneath right without like it's most of the cartilage is gone and yet so how did that go away and the skin go kind of into itself but then he still has a tongue and very white teeth how does that still exist in the context of what happens to the rest of him i don't it doesn't make sense it's horrifying but the fact that there is no impact on his teeth and tongue and that his nose did what it did it doesn't make sense scary scary but doesn't make sense i would love to have had a a moment in the lab with uh erskine when he goes through this procedure for the first time Mm -hmm. and he looks at himself in the mirror and does a ronald reagan and he goes well where's the rest of me (laughs) (laughs) all right there's there's a deep cut for people (laughs) jump into that one (laughs) he pulls a ronald reagan well played (laughs) Oh my god! I'm just saying oh he gosh. could have put on a hat, but instead he did this to his face. I'm just saying you could have just <laughs> like I, I was, an evil hat. You could have just put on a hat, instead he does this. He's he's very terrifying. This dedication is very terrifying to me. Do you think it would have been worse if he wore a wig? <laughs> oh, geez. like maybe yeah. they won't notice if I have my regular haircut. <laughs> but okay, so uh, Rand, did you do any? Do you have uh, have you seen any other? Uh, of the uh, like the the Captain America older movies, the one with the Red Skull Rat. Like, have you seen any of the other? No, stuff? no, like I haven't that. seen. It. I wanted to see some of that. Yeah. Oh, it's no, you don't. I don't. Okay. No, I mean okay. you say mind, you say that now, but <laughs> you'll thank me later if you don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for saving me because it's... I'm still so he doesn't put on a hat. I'm assuming. Well, there's just interesting <laughs> like treatment of Red Skull and what Red Skull happens. I think through the comics, like it's been. It, it is it a mask? Is it a person? Is it like it? There's a long history of like a not of inconsistent treatment of what and who red skull is and mm. and so this is definitely an opinionated one but it's right. certainly not the only one yeah it's uh, I, my recollection in the tv movie or no the 1990 
actual movie is that they tried to make his face look like you know how the a skull has those seams in it Ooh, um, yeah it it looked kind of like they were trying to like they put seams across his face like they were trying to make it skull like but it also seemed too big to be a skull so it just seemed like kind of a, a mutant of some sort it was a very odd look but um yeah but he had a nose right that was a, a that was an Correct. interesting yeah. you know thank uh, god at least he had a nose yeah he had a yeah, nose right. uh, there so. was that yeah it's an interesting thing but he also had kind of like the he did the thing where he had the like the human mask over it yeah. at one point as i recall also so yeah it's an interesting character design and i don't know my brain always goes to the only other skull character i can think of which is of course skeletor from masters of the universe and how uh, nonsensical he ended up looking because the character always seemed like it basically he had a talking skull is kind of what it looked like uh in the cartoon but in the in the t or in the movie the dolph lundgren movie it seemed like they were trying to do something like that but it just never it, they never pulled it off so it seems at least like here they're doing something that kind of makes the concept of this cartoonish skull character actually kind of work in an interesting way yeah yeah all right well, I think uh, we'll wrap up our conversation uh, today with this minute. Uh, so, Ryan, thank you so much. And again, tell everybody where they can find you out there on the interwebs. Thank you. I do not fight as much on this on this uh, podcast that you usually can find me on, but uh, Black Hair Nerds, we're usually talking about. <laughs> I, I do talk about people that do fight, though. So, you know, superheroes. Um, we just recently wrapped up um, House of the Dragons. I don't know if you guys came back from the uh... GOT world of it all. So definitely check that out. Um so, yeah, so I have a blast doing that with them. And you can find me at November Bear on Twitter, Ryan Ben on Instagram. And I'm just I'm ready. To, I can keep these minutes going because the fighting I needed to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You're there for it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we will be uh, back tomorrow then, everybody, to talk more about uh, this particular fight with Ryan and with Pete. So, uh, Pete, thanks as always. Super fingers out. <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.